Hello, hello, beautiful people, mi gente bella. Welcome, welcome to another edition of Santana Sis, where we talk about everything from Roblox to relationships, everything in between, and the overall journey of life. I am excited, as always, to bring you another edition of the show, but we get into the guests, y'all. Y'all had me twice on the solo side, um, but now we switching back up, you know what I'm saying? We uh, want to be able to get into deeper conversations, um, and as always, you know, I am super excited. We celebrating love this month, but also Black History Month. Let's just be clear. That uh, we doing that, you know what I'm saying? That will always be the theme um, all year long, but we just get to do it a little bit louder this month, so we're doing that for sure. Period. And I think of none person better to be able to do that with than um, the lovely and wonderful um, Alana Bell. But also, you know, I want you to be able to tell the great people a little bit about you. Who are you? You know, a little bit about you here. Period. Um, thank you for having me. I'm yes! super happy to be here and really excited. Um, but my name is Alana Bell. Uh, I use she, her pronouns. I am a Cleveland native. Absolutely. I am an artist, an organizer, and all of the things that come with both of those titles. So Absolutely. I be doing stuff. Let's go. Outside. Yes, you do. <laughs> we have seen each other all, uh, a lot outside, all actually. Yeah, yes. it'd be crazy. I think the last thing we ran into each other, I was ghetto therapy. Absolutely. Yeah, Which, shout out, shout to, out Walt. to Walt. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Hold up. Because, no, that is a, a great initiative. Like, mm-hmm. seriously. And I had been wanting to come out for the longest. So I was glad to finally, like, go in person. But it was always dope to be able to run into somebody you know, you know. So I definitely love, love that. But I also love that you you do wear these many hats. And mm-hmm. so we actually crossed paths at Planned Parenthood. And so we definitely um there. And so I did love the work that we were able to do. But I definitely was very, like, remarkably moved just by all the work that gets done. I didn't know there was different arms to Planned Parenthood. So I didn't yeah. realize there's actually a whole education side and a whole advocacy side. Mm-hmm. But in essence, they still work in tandem to be able to promote awareness, be able to help out and do all those things. But you have had a whole life, like you said prior to that you know yeah so i've been at planned parenthood um i had my first plan anniversary like oh nice my, first, my one year anniversary <laughs> but i had my first plan anniversary last november nice. um, so i'm a little over a year in with the organization but i've been in the reproductive justice reproductive right. rights and health movement in ohio for about eight years wow. um, at this point and i've been organizing just in general for a little over 10 years Jeez. um so i've gotten a chance to touch like a little bit of everything, honestly. Right. So like environmental justice, I was right. there for a short while. Um, I got my first like paid gig as an uh-huh. organizer doing like economic justice work and nice. challenging the Federal Reserve on all of their shenanigans. Um, and I got a chance to find like a really solid home and reproductive justice. Um, which is a little bit different than what Planned Parenthood does. Like, Planned Parenthood right. is not an RJ organization. Right. Um, but it, the reproductive rights and health space is really, really closely um, tied to RJ. Right. So I'm really happy to, like, be able to continue to do the work that I do, making sure, like, everything that I do is centered around the needs of black women, girls, femmes. Let's go. And that we're taking care of. Because um, if we're not going to do it, I mean, it ain't going to be nobody. <laughs> no, amen. But yeah, absolutely. And like, did you always, I definitely think that organizing is a wonderful way to be able to get introduced, you know, to those different realms and be able to do this incredible work. Did you always know, though, that you were going to be an organizer, community organizer at that? No, not at all. (laughs) I would not have signed up for this. (laughs) I would not have. This was not the life? Okay. It was not the goal. Um, And I often say, um, because like people ask you about like your organizing, like origins all the time. Of course, yep. um, and I always say I'm an organizer by accident. Mm. Um, I sort of fell into this. I ended up um, 
Because, you know, prior to my organized life, I used to be, like, a teaching assistant and, like, a patient advocate and right. all of these things. I've always been in all of these really sensitive places where right. my work is tied to um, assisting other people through their trauma, mm. right? So yep. I used to work at the Rape Crisis Center yeah. as an advocate there. I used to work at um, a juvenile justice center, so, right. like, a prison for boys and young men. Mm. I used to work at a halfway house. Like, right. I've been really, really deeply tied to people's trauma. And so attending rallies and protests and things like that um, felt really normal. It's right. like, it feels like a common part of yep. like who I am as a, a person, taking care of people, fighting for justice, all of those things. Um, and then something about Mike Brown's death, mm. like yeah. switched something in me. Yep. And I'm not sure if it's because like, I have cousins who like actually physically look like him. Right. Where it was just like, ooh, this feels close to home and this hurts in a way that like the other things didn't hurt and now I feel compelled to participate. Right. Um, and so attending rallies then turned into like helping coordinate rallies. Mm. And then I really got thrust into organizing um during Tamir Rice protests. There was a group of white organizers in Cleveland who were trying to lead like BLM rallies yeah. and BLM led protests, and it was just like, ah, this is gross. I don't know what's happening here, <laughs> right. but it feels wrong. Right. I don't know. Um, and a friend of mine, like we were talking just out loud, like this is weird. I don't know what's going on. Who right. are these people? I've never seen y'all before. Yeah. Um, and the group of elders near us was listening to our conversation. They were right. like, oh, y'all taking it over now. Oh. Excuse me? Oh, right. Blessing from... There we go. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. And it was really, like, from that moment on, like, for two, three days, leading 2,000 people through the downtown Cleveland. Wow. Um, disrupting peace, letting people know what our demands were. Right. Um, and I didn't have language for any of the stuff at the time. But right. I was organizing. Yep. And... That's right. It was a beautiful experience. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, like you said, so definitely not something that you necessarily planned, but definitely landed into it. And you saw, and then, and I love, I actually, now the elder blessing is the top tier. Yeah. <laughs> so for them to see that and like, let you all know to do that. I mean, I think that's, you know, that's everything that lets you know you're in the right place. But speaking of right place, I mean, I definitely can understand things looking not, you know, disingenuine when certain people are at the front of it. Yeah. And I feel like it's not, I mean, I've definitely seen great leaders from all backgrounds in our city, yeah. but I do think there are certain ones where we should have the appropriate voices behind it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the Black Lives Matter rally not being led by Black Lives is like <laughs> that a little makes sense. Yeah, a little, a little bit. And so, like, that's not to say that people who aren't black don't right. have a role in this movement, don't have, they actually have, like, one of the biggest roles Absolutely. in this movement, which is, like, ending, <laughs> I mean. like, structural racism and all of the things that are tied to that. But right. um, really, like, there are a lot of strategic ways that do not involve you being the face of a movement. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Where you can lend your support. And so, like, even if the intention is, like, genuine and sincere and all of that, right. like, this ain't your place. Yeah. Yeah. 
And there's nothing wrong with recognizing that. And I feel like, you know, and being able, exactly. But like you said, there's still room for you to help advance yeah. the movement overall because it definitely does affect all of us. And like, speaking of that, because I'm sure this has happened, and this is something I alluded to, is that, you know, whenever you, once you did get placed into that, did you, what was your experiences with the pushback that you sometimes probably received from others? Take your time. Um, I think it depends. It it depends on what direction the pushback is coming from. Yeah, um, right. And I'm not gonna get too deep into it because you know some things gotta. Oh no, no, for sure. But um, my father is a retired Cleveland Police Department like police officer. Right. And so he was not retired at the time. Right. And. So we had a lot of really, really heavy conversations, a lot of really interesting debates, and we butted heads a lot. And so there was, like, pushback from, like, you know, my family at large, just, like, not wanting us to be at conflict at home, not wanting us to have sort of those things, um, which was, like, probably, like, the toughest emotional thing to sort of sort through, because I love my daddy. That's my daddy. Right. Um, But uh, we were definitely ahead on a lot of the details around things, um, things related to social justice and police brutality and all of that. Right. Um, And, you know, father or not, he's still a cop, and there are some downsides that come with that, but also, like, cop or not, they're still my father. Absolutely. And so, I'm going to create grace and understanding for him in ways that, like, the rest of them niggas don't get. Right. Can I cuss? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the first time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but that the rest of the people aren't going to get from me. Um, right. But outside of that, like, a lot of the pushback was, like, stuff that people who organize, like, uh, already, like, know about and expect. Like, you know, unnecessary chance encounters with police officers. Right. And um, getting pushback from people who think they're with the movement but are really, like, contradicting a lot of the work that is happening. Right. Um, and also people who are, like, doing organizing work to search for something that ain't organizing. Right. So whether you're, like, organizing for clout and attention and you wanting to be... Like in the news and all of these things, or right. people who are organ. Did you know people organize to try to find partners and lovers? Be out in the street. Just, what? Yo. I did not know that. No, and they do. And what? They do. I didn't and know that, do. y'all. Hold on, I'm getting schooled. And they do. Wow. And so it's like people have a lot of really um, selfish wow. like motivations for doing organizing work. And so it's like, I think the biggest pushback I received was probably from, like, challenging some of those things. Absolutely. You, like, and this is all my, like, baby organizer, like, naive shit and, like, you know, just saying whatever came to my mind. But um, you can't tell me you out here for black liberation and you out here for, you know, black love and all of this and you're, like, blatantly homophobic and it's, it's... like, there are certain things, like, that just don't really read for me. Absolutely. And so when I call you out on what your, you say your intention is versus what your actions are, let's if go. you don't have a good ex- explanation for me, that's usually where conflict is going to come in. Right. Um, right. And depending on the egregiousness, some of it, I'm going to just let it go. But some of it, like, if you are dangerous to black people in any way, that has to be challenged. Right. Absolutely. Even within us. Well, that part. 
I definitely think that part. And I feel like, you know, and I totally appreciate you even sharing, you know, that piece. And because even when it comes to public safety, I mean, that's, it's such a unique, you know, challenge in some ways, but just also opportunity. And so I feel like, you know, and even, you know, like as having been an advocate that worked in like the rape crisis center and all of that, I mean, we have to engage, you know, public safety, <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, exactly. Like it's actually look great. And actually, um, I know that self love club who I'm, I've been getting hit to more had, was making a manual that they want to share with, you know, police officers and all the like, and I love that first responders and, mm -hmm. you know, other people and really, and I love any intention because I believe Teresa Stafford was also saying she had wanted mm -hmm. to do more training with, you know, police officers and all that. And that's just what we need is like, you know, to have more of them be trauma informed to understand that. And that that needs to be a critical, like, this isn't just like something like we should keep that in mind. And like, maybe we should, you know, like maybe try that. No, no. Like, this is a critical yeah. element. Like, you know, yeah. you got, you got to leave with the trauma informed. If you don't, you know, you say, you know, it so well, you know, from all the different ways that you did it. But like, there is, you have, you have to have like training behind it to really know how to navigate that. Mm -hmm. That's not something that everyone can do. And just like you said, like, even when it comes to organizing, it, it definitely needs to come from a genuine place you know and hopefully have the right intentions behind it but wow I'm definitely still moved by the fact that I mean I'm not I can't be surprised you know because that's what we do sometimes yeah. but I'm still like but you know you could still be at least touched by the fact that wow you know that sometimes that that is the motivation but we're also in a world where that is the complexities that we live with though like in American society you know we got some people that try you have the yeah. best intentions <laughs> and then the execution ain't really you know what I'm saying ain't that. and that's okay yes that's okay you live in your <laughs> Absolutely. And I do think it's like hard though, because I feel like I love when we push that we should be, you know, more in community mm -hmm. and we should definitely help each other. But then we live in a country where they're like, nah, but you got to get hit. Like, yeah. and you got to, you know, and you don't want to get left behind mm -hmm. and you don't want to look like you're not doing enough on your own. So then I'm like, that's such a contradictory place to live in. It is because it's like the difference between like collective action and individualism. It's mm -hmm. like we Amen. like as black people, as like people of color from wherever you come from, like yep. we tend to be more tribal people. We tend to operate in groups and operate in collectives and operate in these like pockets of people right. who all have like their individual roles. And like a lot of Eurocentricity like exists and thrives off individualism. Right. Like that's like the basis of capitalism. Like you got to go get your own. Yep. You got to do what you got to do to take care of yours. If you are poor, it's your fault. If you are disadvantaged, you got to get out of that. Right. Whereas like, that don't really read for us. Like right. that's not how we operate. That's not how we live our lives. Our family structures look different. Our friendship structures look different. Absolutely. Like the communities that we build and the reasons behind we build, the reasons why we build those communities all look very different because like, we know what the power is, even if it's right. not like a conscious thing, like subconsciously, like that is built into who we are. Absolutely. And how we navigate. Absolutely. I'll you want to grab a little sip sip. <laughs> you always, yeah, yeah, you can. I was about to say, you ain't got to be parched out here. <laughs> so, but yes, and I totally, um, absolutely, you know, I totally agree that that's absolutely a critical element, but also just that, and it's, and it's so helpful for us to be able to acknowledge that that is a piece of us instead of like trying to, you know, get away from that you know we should actually embrace that and I also love that you said but like knowing that we do still have our individual roles within the collective yeah. and so that's not a bad thing no. <laughs> so like exactly no it is not off of that. and so like when we look at like organizing for example what we were talking about earlier like yep. your role is not gonna be at the front line leading right. like I love being black those those are not your chance boo. right like that's, <laughs> this is not your role this is right. not your space but if you're really good with like cybersecurity and protection absolutely 
space that is absolutely necessary, that right. is a role that is super vital to everybody's safety, like both yep. the people on the front lines and the people in the community. Absolutely. Like, everybody got a role. Right. And it's like, for me, how I know, like, some people who, like, posit themselves as allies are really doing performative stuff because it's right. like, if you're only interested in the work that's going to get you seen, like, why are you really here? Mm. And same thing for, like, some of us, especially, like, people, traveling organizers is a little odd to me. Right. Like, people who go around the country, like, you had a tragedy, here I come. Oh. I'm on my way to come save you, because I, <laughs> and me, I got the cape. Yeah, And, like, That's I don't say no name, Sean King, but, like, we see this, we see this space where people are, like, really, really opportunistic with the organizing because it's like right. these people are usually in a really, really vulnerable space. Like True. I just lost somebody I love in a really tragic way, in a really violent way, but also right. in a really public way. And so both like that public outpouring of love plus the public scrutiny right. are coming to me at the same time. And it's really, really hard to figure out who to trust and what people's intentions are. Right. Um, and for me, it's like, what role do you play when you show up to these spaces? Because if your only role, Sean King, is right. attention and media and money that don't nobody know where it goes, like, right. you can keep it. Yeah, you absolutely can. No, and that's definitely true. And I, ooh, yep, I totally, not only wholeheartedly agree that that's absolutely not what should be taking place, but I'm also thinking about, like, unfortunately, there have been so many tragedies that have happened in our country, and unfortunately, there's been these organizations that will pop up <laughs> conveniently, yeah. you know, and it's and it's during a time where we want to help, you know, we want to be able to, like, show up and, and do that, and those donations did not, you know, mm -hmm. did not land in the hands that they should have, but, like, they absolutely took advantage of that opportunity, and so I definitely agree with you. I definitely wish that that was not was not the case and that there were you know trusted resources and there are actually like you yeah. said more on the local level yeah. and so it's not it doesn't necessarily show up in that way and so like and that's the point like if it looks like this convenient you know like solution that's it, probably isn't like that's yeah. the point because these yeah. solutions are not easy absolutely you know at all and they do take a lot of effort and resources and uh, people linking together to really be able to provide as much you know as they can help with but i do love 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 that you especially pointed out what performative you know allyship oh yeah can look like just because that's not something that we've given enough focus to on the show i think like we, we might have danced around it but i definitely think it's just something to it's a thing first of all yeah. <laughs> like so let that be known but also like it's not you know bad to take a critical view of mm -hmm. just like how are you showing up in spaces you know and even myself i feel like i don't think it's bad for me to like take evaluation like you know like is it the best way for me to do this you know that way mm -hmm. is it just that i support them you know myself from afar and like help them to build what they already have going on like mm -hmm. am i needed or like you know how am i gonna really make this advance this mm -hmm. you know or you know is it gonna harm it like just make sure that we're not we're also protecting you know what we can and helping it grow but also not trying mm -hmm. to take it over for our own purposes yeah absolutely and it's always like an interesting like it's always an interesting journey to like find that balance because right. it's like is this an issue that's directly impacting me right if it's not an issue that's directly impacting me like what how am I being called into this space? Because mm. a lot of times I think um, we see a problem and many of us who are organizers who are just like action oriented and like, oh, yeah. I see a problem, let me go fix it or let me try to start fixing it or whatever. Right. And even though that's coming from like a good place, um, I think the intent, the 
conversation moving away from like what are your intentions to now like what is your impact mm. so like we sorted through the intentions thing you got great intentions right right so now like what impact are you having right and when it comes to folks like us coming into like spaces that don't necessarily involve us like right. i'm always doing self-assessments and always doing like should I be in this room? Right. And um, not as like a worthiness thing, but also as a like taking up space thing. Yeah. So like, right. um, I am black. I am a woman. I am queer. I am neurodivergent. All of these things. And so there are a lot of spaces that are like my voice would typically be prioritized. Right. Um, but I am a cisgender person. Yep. Um, I also am like, a person with no kids who makes a certain salary and all of these things. So, like, my economic disadvantages is not the same right. as other people's. Um, and so when it comes to conversations around, like, gender identity and things like that, I know those are spaces where I need to take a back seat. Right. Now, um, I would like to think of myself as an ally, but that's not really a title I'm allowed to give myself. Right. Um, but right, I right. know how I intend to show up and how, um, yeah, how I intend to show up and hopefully that matches how I actually do show up mm. to my, like, transgender nonconforming family, friends, siblings, all of those things. Absolutely. Um, and same thing when it comes to conversations around class. Like, for me, that one's a little bit more nuanced because I grew up poor. Right. But um, it's still, like, I'm getting further and further removed right. from those conversations, even though I still live with St. Clair. I'm still, Hi. like, English whole lot of gang shit but um <laughs> i still live on st Clair and ward nine in glenville like right, right you know my community is the same but my experience of this community is completely different absolutely and so when i am like going around my community if i'm at third space action lab yep. or if i'm at glen village or something like that and i'm talking to people about like how they're experiencing glenville i know for a fact like we're probably going to have different experiences. Right. Um, and how am I checking myself to make sure, like, I'm not, I'm not letting my, like, and I want to be real clear. It's a small class privilege. I'm not rich. Like, please don't. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> please don't make this this conversation um, for that. But, like, making sure that my class privilege and that, like, my cis privilege and all of these things aren't showing up to mm -hmm. dominate. Yeah. Um, also knowing when and where I can use my privilege to leverage the needs of people who don't have it. Exactly. Yes. That's definitely an excellent, excellent point. So I was just saying too, like, I mean, we have ableism as well, like mm -hmm. and being able to know that and, you know, like being able, exactly, but I love, love too being able to, and also the privilege thing doesn't always have to be a disadvantage. You know, mm -hmm. it could absolutely, of course, well, of course we know we can do that personally. <laughs> you know, we can already use our privileges. We ain't got to deny that, you know? So like it definitely grants us access to things as you mentioned, but to be able to use it to leverage, I love like being able to say that. And that's something that we can think of. So like, if we are thinking about and doing those self-assessments like you mentioned and being able to like check how we can do those things better that could be a way though and so mm -hmm. it's not just thinking okay well then fine I guess I won't show up at all mm -hmm. and like shut that opportunity out when it's like no your voice is definitely still needed to you know be there and again you can also spread this message to others at the end of the day you have these different audiences you have people that you know you're connected to and so obviously this will only grow <laughs> if yeah. we all band together around this issue and, and do it the right way 
But you also mentioned, like, some of your experiences look a little bit different, but, you know, like, and all those things. I was just curious about life before the organizing, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, as a child and all of that, like, mm -hmm. we heard dad, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to dad. You know what I'm saying? Shout like, out to my dad. Shout exactly. out to my mom. Right. Um, so my parents have been together almost 40 years. Oh, my God. Um, Testament. Yeah. Hallelujah. What? But, you know, my parents have been together for about almost 40 years. My mom was a hairdresser. My dad was a police officer. Um, my dad's retired now. My mom works in the medical field. Right. Um, wow. I have three sisters. They're all really great. My sister has a restaurant, um, Honey Bell Catering. Hey. Um, my younger sister is a wonderful mother to my niece and my nephew. Hey. Like, just the per just perfect. Right. Just so perfect. <laughs> um, and then the baby baby, she was born when we were all Already go older. Um, so she just graduated high school and not too oh, long wow. ago. She really she, is a baby. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> right. Baby and acts like it. But um, she just started school at Kent State. Wow. So, Let's go, Kent. Um, the family is like doing really, really like wonderful awesome. things. Right. And yeah, we grew up in Glenville. Yeah. Um, yeah, grew up in Glenville. I went to Cleveland School of the Arts. So Let's shout go. out to CSA. Let's go. Um, right. We love that. <laughs> I went to Cleveland School of the Arts, um, played violin, then transitioned into creative writing. So wow. mostly poetry, but also playwriting. Um, and I have just, like, honestly, since I left CSA, have been on this, like, wild, right. <laughs> wild journey of, like, jobs and fellowships and transitions and just, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> hey, just, we figured we it just, out. We just figured it out. Like yes. you said, you offered me an opportunity that sound good. Let's go. Absolutely, let's do it. I don't know why I'm standing here with gloves <laughs> on in the middle of this halfway house while these two grown men is fighting. But goddamn it, I'm here. Yes. Okay, here to we, serve. We, we just we just gonna help out. Right. Um. But I will say, like, I think being an art student, um, yep. I think prepared me to be the kind of person that I am. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I think, and I went to art schools from elementary, so K through 12. So oh, okay. Did you? I went to Baker on the West Side. Let's go. Um, and then sixth grade through 12th grade, I went to CSA. And I do think there is a lot of, um, there are a lot of nuances about being a good audience member mm. um, that I think prepare you to be a good person. Ooh, and so go. it's like obviously when you think about being an audience it's about listening it's about not interrupting and all of these things and like letting right. the space that is supposed to be presented to you be presented to you absolutely um and so it's a lot of patience it's a lot of discipline it's a lot of welcome um or yeah. openness absolutely. I guess. um but I think the other part of that that we don't really get a chance to talk about a lot is, like, learning when is your turn to interject. Let's right? go. So, like, we go to these performances, and, like, there are places where it's, like, high energy, a lot of music, lights, and they want the crowd to interact. And if you are, like, too focused on being a perfect audience member, you're going to miss this really, really beautiful moment between you and the environment that you're in where you get a chance to yell and scream and participate and more or less be a part of the show. Right. And so I think learning how to be a good audience member is like figuring out how to double dutch with life. Like yep. when is it my turn to hop in? When is it my space to like make my presence known? And when is it my time to take over? Right. Mm. So like I love that. Have I, I don't know if anybody else has, but I'm pretty sure there's been like awkward moments and performances where like 
the performance is over, but nobody started clapping yet. Like, is it? Are we <laughs> right? Are we done? Are we done? Are we done? <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, is this my moment to lead the applause? Like, is this like, right? It, it's just I think being an art student, being taught how to be a good audience member, um, all of these things like teach right. you how to balance life and how to play with life and how to figure out like, yeah, when is my turn. Right. And leading with that humility piece, I think is like definitely great and being able to know that, tap into that and really like have insight in ourselves enough to know that and like, you know, be able to know when to respond and react and, you know, join in um, as you mentioned. But wow. And I don't I think I didn't realize or remember, you know, I'm always picturing Cleveland School of the Arts as just the high school. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But I'm like, oh, no, they got the little babies that they're able mm -hmm. to, you know, bring up. But you also got that added advantage that no, that was literally part of your entire education, yeah. which is phenomenal because mm -hmm. we always it's always very disappointing and tragic to me to hear on the opposite end when they don't have art and don't have access. Like you cannot be in school with no art like that. Yeah. Not a thing like that. It cannot be no. alive. <laughs> we need oh, that. Oh no! Yeah, I couldn't imagine. And like going back to my parents, shout out to them. I yes. really appreciate how intentional they were. Um, and I don't know how my sisters feel about it. I'm pretty sure they loved it too. But I statements. Right. Um, I am so grateful for Let's like go. the opportunities like that they created for us. Right. Um, and so like. Um, I'm thinking about like Rainy Institute when we were mm. baby babies. Oh, Rainy, yeah. Like my little five year old self, like trying right, to right. pick up a violin for the first time. Oh, yes. In that house on the corner. And like, right. it's just, it, it's just, I don't know. I'm really, really grateful for like the opportunity to practice that humility, the opportunity to practice all of these things like at an early age. Cause right. I feel like, had I been tossed into, like, arts, like, in high school, I probably wouldn't have been receptive to it if it wasn't, like, oh, yeah, already an established part of my life. Okay. Yeah. Because that was actually going to be my other question, though, was that, like, did you feel like you were always drawn to it, the arts, or is it just because it happened to be this integral part of your childhood that it kind of made it this natural fit? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how much of it is nature versus nurture. Okay. Um, at least in the beginning. I know now art feels natural. Um, yeah, of course. But, like, you know, a lot of things feel natural that weren't necessarily yeah, exactly. true in the beginning. Right. Um, but art feels natural to me now. That definitely feels like both my nature and my nurture. Because, like, I have a huge issue with, like, anger. Like, mm. when I, like... I have a really short fuse. Yes. And then sometimes, like, when I'm really angry, like, it takes me a while to come up out of it. And so, like, the nurture part is, like, me taking care of myself. And if this is, like, I don't have the opportunity to, like, let off physical aggression or this isn't necessary to let off physical aggression, let me go pick up a notebook and, yeah. like, start writing. Or let me hop on Google Docs on my phone and start, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, get that out. some out, like, or, you know, some Issa Rae Insecure, let me wrap oh in a mirror gosh, and, like, get my mirror, right. my mirror bitch on and, like, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever needs to happen. But, um, right. For real, yeah, though. I... Yeah, when I was younger, I think, like, I don't know. I was just doing what my parents told me to do. Yeah. And I didn't hate it. Like, I absolutely want to put on this cute skirt and go, right. like, do ballet <laughs> and all of that. While, like, all the adults around are just like, y'all are so adorable. <laughs> exactly. their little skirt and their little <laughs> shoes and their little tights. Like, 
Right. I think the Sagittarius in me loves attention. So, <laughs> yes. like, I love, right. Look like, at me. I love the arts and I love being on stage and I love performing and all of that. Right. Um, so, I guess maybe that is the answer to the question. Maybe it is, like. Right. Maybe it is natural. Yeah, there is that element of it. But I do love, too, though, that, first of all, violin, hold up, didn't know that. So, hold okay. on. Hey, you know, had that little many skills. <laughs> um, but also, like, then you did transition to creative writing mm-hmm. and all of that. So, you had a whole world of also being able to see, you know, and tap into a different form of art, you know, in the form mm-hmm. of literature and all those things. And now it's still not part of your self-care and all mm-hmm. those. But, like, also, did you see that you were also able to provide an impact? And speaking of, you know, knowing what it was like to be a good honest member, but then also transitioning to being an artist and, you know, being able to provide like that, you know, what was your experience like, you know, being able to also share some of your written pieces? Oh, yeah, no, oh, man, it was great and awful at the same time and all oh, man. those things, because, again, like, the Sagittarius in me, right. I don't like being wrong, and I don't like not being good at stuff. It, like, yeah. it, 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 oh, it burns me up inside. <laughs> Y'all gotta know. It burns me up inside. <laughs> and so, um, when I started, like, switching to create, when I switched to creative writing, um, we were doing a lot of poetry slams, so it's yeah. not even just, like, an open mic where you get to share your things and, like, just sort of have this space. It's a competition. Yeah. And so, like... My competitive ass was losing slams. Oh, no. <laughs> I was losing slams in the beginning. And it, like, hurt my self-esteem. And my parents were like, it's just poetry. And, like, <laughs> but I was surrounded by, like, really talented people, really, right. like, focus-oriented people. Mm. And so, like, that transition to, like, being a performer, like, individually. Because, like, right. in an orchestra, like, in second chair, by the way. <laughs> hey, but, um, let's go. <laughs> but in an orchestra, like, you... It's a collective. It's right. a group. You get to you get to share this experience with somebody else. Right. And so that means like you can use the success of the people around you to cover up your fumbles and your mistakes. Right. Um, when you're on stage by yourself, it's just you. Yeah. Um, so, like, if, <laughs> no, you sure up, if you fuck up and you don't so know how to bounce up. back from it. I don't know how to tell you. But like, I don't tell you, Black. That's just what it is. <laughs> you're but, right. Um, I do think my favorite thing about the switch from audience member to artist is like the growth that came with mm-hmm. it like yep. i had to learn how to accept i had to learn how, how to accept losses and rejection yeah like in public oh like, yeah <laughs> that is true yeah yes, publicly and rejections publicly okay um, some of those i handled with grace some of those i didn't and right. like it is what it is but we made it right um and it's good and bad because it's like on one hand um people who like have seen you throughout like your experience like people that like you know i used to sneak into the b-side when i was underage (laughs) and all of that and just be like right hey here for poetry and like i'm not not gonna go by the bar or nothing i promise i just want to listen right um to now like having moments where i was like coaching youth teams and taking kids to atlanta and cali and all of that fun stuff so we could do poetry together on a national slash international scale like right it's a beautiful thing for people who get to see that growth and transition I think the negative side or the most impactful negative side is like people who see you perform think they know you personally mm. and you don't. Oh dang, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, Alana, girl, remember that poem you did and then and I heard you. Let's go do, ma'am. <laughs> right with all ma'am. Respect. 
with all due respect, you saw me do a three minute and thirty second <laughs> poem in like twenty eighteen. And yeah. like, I appreciate your appreciation of my of art. Of course. But um boundaries. Yeah, no, true. Yeah. True, true. Because yes, because you also shouted out Issa Rae. And I already know if she walks in here, it's a wrap. Like yeah. I am fangirl. Like, who is that? We about to lose my stuff. <laughs> lose my shit. So yeah, I mean, I would love. Just, you know, yeah. if you're out there. No, I'm just like if you are listening. Hey, Issa. You listen. know what I'm saying? Pull up. Pull Please. up. We gotta see right here. <laughs> Exactly. There is space and opportunity. You're right. You just heard us talk about all the wonderful things. I mean, because you do. are everything. Hey, listen, a show about organizers, because that's what Insecure exactly. was. It was about it was. an organizer. Listen. That's what I'm saying. I got you. We got you. Yes. No, we have, We do got you. Literally. Listen. Right. Unlike that job did. But yeah, in the beginning. So definitely true. But you are absolutely right. And I feel like that sometimes happens with the fan. That happens with other, like, and celebrities, too. And so, like, sometimes the blurred lines we're mm -hmm. thinking that we like no and i didn't even think about that because mm -hmm. even on like a local or like you said national or international level i mean it's great to be able to have those audiences and make those connections mm -hmm. but then that not you know that that being you know unfortunately not necessarily you know clearly identified yeah it's like parasocial like these parasocial relationships right and like it like, on this level with, like, me running into people from open mics and all of that stuff, right. it's a little weird sometimes, yeah. but it's not really a huge thing. But, like, we see these trends continue on. So, like, this whole Nicki Meg oh. situation Show. and the shenanigans with that, it's yes. just like, y'all know, like, these are strangers. Yeah, like, they know don't, know don't know you. They don't. That lady don't know you. They taking personal offense, though. Yeah, no. I mean, did she did not, it to me? <laughs> not, not you all doxing her mom's grave. Oh no! Oh, we got that deep. No, they're I like didn't realize. the, oh, the hey. Nikki, the Barb's. They, yeah, um, no, they didn't. Child, they doxed Meg's mom's grave and oh, shared my. the address, and now there's like supposed to be like police protection at oh, Meg's mom's gosh. grave because people were threatening and like y'all pull her body out of the grave. No, they didn't. Yeah. Okay. And you know, so when we talk about yes. finding this balance. Yes, exactly. When we talk about finding this balance. That would be Between, it. like, the connection you have with somebody through the art, through the things that they choose to share with you. Absolutely. And, like, who and what your relationship with them in real life is. You know, talking to a licensed medical professional, you know. That's <laughs> not right. It's, 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 it's be like, the worst ain't thing. nothing wrong with it, you know. Exactly. I'm just saying. If, like, you are willing to commit a federal offense, because I'm pretty sure digging up a body is a federal I'm crime. pretty positive. I don't know. I'm I could be wrong, but, like. Exactly, but I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> but, like, if we're at this point wow. where we're willing to, like, and it's it's like that specific act, right? Like the That's disrespect and the intention behind that specific act, but just like on a like larger scale, like your willingness to like sacrifice your own security and your own safety and your That's own all we're freedom saying. Yep. for a stranger who's not but she's not about to bail you out. She not though. She not. And so like how did we get here? I mean, that part. And definitely because, and unfortunately, and we have such great women that are, you know, black women who are great. These are tremendous artists. And I'm thinking about Beyonce, too. I ain't gonna lie. Because we don't have documentaries on that. That the fans, you know. So, like, yeah. I just think that, exactly. That's a whole nother. That was yeah. a whole nother show right there. Yeah, you know no, what I'm like, Stan the culture. Beyonce. Yeah. Stan culture in general. Like, no. and so I love me some Beyonce, too. Oh, no, of course. No. Yeah, yeah. Her work that thing is Oh, crazy. phenomenal. Phenomenal. I was crazy. in the theaters watching the... Uh, oh yeah! Tour. I know I missed. I was and sorry I missed it. I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
how did Blue Ivy get so big? I know, oh I know it's our baby. Oh my exactly. god! Exactly. Look at her. And do you see the dancers vulgar? Do you see all the queer people in the audience? Have? Right. Oh my god! So like, I love Beyonce under zero circumstances. Right. Though, am I gonna like? That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm yeah, not arguing all. with internet strangers I'm over not. this lady. No, I'm not. Like, that's what I'm saying. I, I just I, I don't understand it, but I also like I think it speaks to this larger like because also like I think it's really interesting when we think about staying culture is mostly like groups of black women circling around one another. Yes. Um, and so like the intention behind it is beautiful. It's like absolutely this woman needs protection and she needs right. like we support wrap our arms and we need to her. wrap around her and we need to do all of these things. Right. But then it gets to this really unhealthy place that I think so many of us do not know how to process like <sighs> Yep. Do not know how to process a unrequited love because like part that's part of the experience, right? I mean, like you are part. devoting yourself and your energy and your time to these celebrities who are not yeah. able to offer you anything specific. Yeah, they can't reciprocate back, it um, outside of their music, right? Like they right. can't offer you anything, and so it's like, how do we process unrequited love? How do we process like building communities around people who are not building communities around us? Oh, right. Um, and wow. like all of these things are still tied into like our self worth and our like right yeah our, all of these things are tied to our self worth absolutely and so it's like staying culture is just like it's just like this amalgamation of all the negative all the negative things about like yes let me show y'all how y'all don't take care of black women and put it on display for everybody mm. like y'all gonna do infighting y'all are gonna pit one another against like y'all are gonna pit yourselves against one another right. you are going to like openly sacrifice your own freedom to cause another woman harm who you don't know mm. and yeah. it's like for me staying culture specifically the barbs and the beehive like how can how can we love these people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can we love these people out loud so this is not like right what they're subjected to? Ooh, that is a whole word. But yeah, but it but it is absolutely true. And I definitely and that's what I was thinking. I was thinking the goal should of course be empowerment, not like that. Um, but <laughs> definitely in a way where we are coming together. And I just think. In general, that's why social media, you know, such a blessing and a curse, you know, because there's so much we can do with it. And it absolutely is a tool, you know, and it is we can use that for so much. And I do and I am grateful for it, you know, because oh, even sure. right. If I was doing a podcast back in the day, you know, like I wouldn't I wouldn't even be able to have as much coverage or, you know, be able to get out to as many folks if I didn't have like those tools available to me. But it's just so sad that so many individuals <laughs> will use it to tear down yeah. and they will do it behind the computer screen. You know, yeah. they feel more armed and ready to do it i don't even know if these are messages that they would share out loud in person exactly and so so, so some of them yes right like, true. so like true, true. is 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 writers in every in every stand culture is people who really bought that action right and like there are people who probably would smack you for like saying something crazy about <laughs> yes. Nicki minaj in real life no, that's but true. the ratio of those people in real life and those right. people on the internet absolutely are not the same like right. you that Girl, listen. <laughs> exactly. Listen, listen. No, it's no. the shenanigans. It's right. the shenanigans for me. Right. But also, yeah, like, girl, let's let's hug each other. Let's figure no, definitely, out. let's do that. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's hug a little bit and let's figure out how right. to get out of here because it's not again, it's not the support piece. Like, yep. It's yeah, it's not the support piece. It's the like 
willingness to sacrifice yourself to harm somebody else that's the problem yeah absolutely and not want yeah and hopefully we can change that to not let that be the yeah. goal <laughs> like behind those things yeah. and with that being said i was gonna say you definitely have a myriad and so like you said it wasn't planned necessarily mm-hmm. i know all about job hopping and just figuring it out you know what i'm saying life is yeah. going life and i'm gonna just follow along you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah so i've tried it all i also have done admissions teach you know so it's, it's the whole gamut but the resume is thick you know what i'm saying and so it's rich you Period. know what i'm saying so yeah we went and did a little bit of everything mm-hmm. but i love that with your myriad of experiences and everything that has enriched you with and all these things what are you hoping you're gonna or like what do you envision being like the awareness you want to build or other issues you want to tackle? What are you seeing on the horizon? I think, um, I don't know, getting people what they need. Like definitely um, in all of my experiences, like I moved to Atlanta in 2020 to work on the elections in Georgia and then came back and I've been doing electoral work inside of my RJ and reproductive rights organizing for several years. So like one of the things that I took away from that is like people need things immediately. Mm. And so like, that's voting is a point. necessary tool. Like voting is a necessary tool to like right. get the things and the people in place that we want, so we can change the system. Excellent but voting point. is not the end all, be all to our success. Voting is not the end of our liberation. Like it's voting not. is like yep. it, it's a tool, but it's yeah. not even our most powerful tool or the only tool we need. Right, right, right. right. And so people need things in person. Um, yes. One of the things that I am really like inspired by. Is like seeing resource distribution efforts mm. and mutual aid efforts um, throughout the city and throughout the state. Like, right. I just spent Wednesday with People Feeding People in Akron. Oh, nice. Um, my partner and a few of his friends, colleagues, they do grocery giveaways. So they have a partnership with the Food Bank in Akron. That's awesome. And they go to the different projects um, yeah, throughout let's go. the city and just like give food away. So they, A, let's come knock on your doors, let y'all know we outside. Right. Grab some grocery bags, grab your kids, come get this free food. Right. And meeting this need. And so, let's go. Also, seeing things like in Cleveland from one mother to another. Oh, yes. um, Tawana Bazell, who does really, really dope work, and she collects and distributes um, necessary items for people who just had babies. Okay. And so it's like, right. you need a bassinet, you out of diapers, you need some specific kind of formula. Right. You took care of all the baby needs, but now all your money is gone and your older kids ain't got school clothes. Right, right. Like, seeing people be able to, like, prioritize folks, like, Yes. Life needs right, and so I see myself doing a lot of that work moving forward and trying to make sure, like you know, within my capacity, of course, that I can um, help take care of that I can help take care of my people as much as possible. Yes, um, definitely starting with Glenville. Glenville is home. <laughs> Let's my go. parents still live in that house off 105 in Saint Clair, right. um, and I live not too far from the house I grew up in, so it's like. I get to move through my neighborhood with a new sense of responsibility. Yep. And I feel like I'm ready for it. Let's go. Absolutely. See, and I think that's awesome. And being able to do that, like, not only for your home, but from home is dope. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's unlike anything else. And I definitely think that, agreed, like, when we think about ways that we can really show up, you know, for others, like, really being able to do it, like you said, in that way and in person, Mm -hmm. you know, and really responding to that, I think that's everything. And I I do love hearing that. And I definitely think that, you know, you did mention some incredible organizations that, you know, as we're thinking about where to put our dollar, you know what I'm saying? Uh, You know, you heard some great ones. And you know we're going to make that that call, especially, again, all year long, but especially this month, if you're thinking about places that you want to donate to, 
get involved with, you definitely named some great ones. Yeah, there is, again, from one mother to another in Cleveland, right. um, people feeding people in Akron. We have Be Quick in Columbus. Um, okay. There are, there's a whole bunch of organizations and people right. um, on the ground that aren't large nonprofits, right? Right. And so I say this as somebody who works for a very large, large nonprofit. nonprofit <laughs> yeah. Um, we're gonna get the donation dollars. We're gonna get the right. funding. We're gonna get all the things that we need. We still gonna ask you because we always need more. <laughs> exactly. We always need more. Right. But um, if it's like folks who are a little bit tighter on money and you may right. be given a little bit of your last to help somebody right. with a great cause donate locally like yeah the do that on the ground doing the work and making stuff happen because again like you know these system changes are necessary these system changes are going to be really helpful when it comes to like us building a more liberated future building right. the more liberated future that we want to see yep but um that ain't gonna get that lady these diapers tonight no exactly Tawana will you know what I'm right, yeah. she could do that exactly, yeah. and if we help, you know what I'm saying, we could help allow that to happen to more families. Come yeah. on now, yeah. Oh, I love that, and so I would keep you even longer. You know what I'm saying, but yeah. uh, unfortunately, I know. So, if there was any other, you know, piece of advice or anything that you wanted to leave, you know, the lovely people with, mm-hmm. is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, I would just say, take care of yourself, take yeah. care of others, um, and the people you don't want to take care of, just do no harm. Oh. There you go. Oh, good word. Mm-hmm. And so if um, folks wanted to be able to connect with you, you know, learn more about you, you know what I'm saying? Tap in. Um, how could they do that? Yeah, so um, I'll be on social media. I used to talk a lot of stuff on Facebook, so I'm not going to tell you how to follow me there, but you can definitely um, follow me on Instagram at right. a Cleveland Poet. Yes. Um, is, I'm not really super. I'm a lurker on social media right <laughs> that now. That is interesting. Um, yeah, I'm a lurker. I, you know, have the occasional story when right. I get real cute. Me and my <laughs> man go out. You know, we. I, yes. I might post a little story or something. <laughs> but um, right now, I really am in like a building season. Like I said, some of the resource distribution work yeah. that I was talking about is going to be coming up. So I don't post a lot right now. But follow me on Instagram at a Cleveland poet um, and you'll get a chance to see some of the things that um, I'm going to be doing and I also shout out some of the organizations that I was talking about before there you go so you Um, connect yep yeah but also like shout out to building season I love that you know what I'm saying like we need yes is we're allowed to have different seasons but a building season that's a good one y'all sometimes you can just marinate you know sit on what you're doing you know really like take your time to make sure that comes out and then you know you could come out bust out with that pop off but like you know it's not bad to also have that too so I love that I love that you're in that and of course during this time if you want to reach out please do but as always y'all we appreciate it I appreciate you thank you for having me it was awesome and thank y'all as always you know what I'm saying for supporting for listening watching however y'all are connecting we appreciate it and so you know feel free to tap in reach out and if anything resonated with you we would love to hear from you so as always thank you bye thank you thank you so much that was great okay I'm excited